So welcome. Uh, if you're new with us, my name's Tim, and I get to serve on staff here. And uh, we are in a we're in a series of teachings right now called Belong. We've been talking about what is it what does it mean uh, God's heart for the local church? What does it mean to belong to the local church? To be part of this Jesus community. Uh, what, what does that look like? How do we belong? And so we're continuing to talk about that today. One of the ways we practice belonging here at Hillcrest, and a lot of different churches do this, is through small groups. Uh, and if, if you haven't been around church, a small group is, uh, a small group would be a group of people, like anywhere from a handful to maybe 20 or so. You get together every week, every couple weeks, and you talk about life, you talk about Jesus, you talk about what those things have to do with each other, you live life side by side, life together, um, encouraging walking together. And so my wife and I, Christy and I, um, we've been part of a small group for a number of years now, and one of our, uh, one of our small group traditions is uh, we have this, this wonderful Christmas party. Every year. We did it again this past year. It's like our fancy Christmas party. So everybody dresses up. We put on bow ties and dresses and sweaters. Not everybody puts all those things on. Um, but we, everybody dresses up as they so choose. And, uh, and we, we get together and we draw, for the meal, we draw countries and courses. And so this year we had somebody made uh, Italian appetizer and someone else made Israeli dessert bread and then and then um, somebody made Mongolian soup. We had Mongolian soup, which if you didn't know, in Mongolia apparently they they pretty much just boil bones to make their soup. Which that person had to be a little creative to make a hearty soup. We've wondered if perhaps the you know Genghis Khan was just looking for a good bowl of soup when he was going around the world. But um, but so you know we had this great meal and. Uh, and then usually we, you know, like sometimes we'll play a game. Sometimes we'll just go around and share things we're thankful for. But uh, this year we, we went around and we just shared with one another ways that we saw, uh, ways that we saw God being, God just had been, uh, how would I say it? God had been at work in different people's lives. We just thanked one another. Hey, I saw you do this this past year. I just want to say thank you. Like, I know maybe not everybody saw it, or maybe you didn't know that people saw it, but I, and it was really encouraging to me. I just went around, thank you for doing that, and I saw this in you this past year. I just took some time while we're, you know, after dinner and had, you know, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, just encouraging one another. And, um, and so at the, you know, at the end of the night, there was these two, these two images that, so encapsulate this for me. You know, there, there was a, a pile of shoes at the door, and then there was a pile of dishes in the kitchen. And for me, these two images, like if you said, Tim, what image captures the heart of what it means to be part of a Jesus community? What, what picture captures that, evokes it for you? I'd say, oh, it's a, it's a pile of shoes by the front door, or the back door, pile of shoes, and, and then a pile of dishes in the kitchen. Because for me, it's this picture, it, it's, it's this picture of people either being in our home or us being in other people's homes, and it's and it's sitting and it's having the time to talk about real life, it's sharing a meal and not being in a rush, and it's it's talking about and it just the memories of years and years and years of of talking about college decisions and vocational choices and, and talking about when marriage was hanging on by a thread and talking about um, and, 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 and living life together, parenting and all these different things, the stuff of life. These are the images. This is what it looks like to walk after Jesus with other people. A pile of dishes in the kitchen, 
a pile of shoes by the doorway. If you said, Tim, what, what is the picture of, of a Jesus community? What is the picture of even my experience of church? Well, this is what it boils down, my picture of ministry. And so it's this, this like, the, to, to walk after Jesus with other people, to be part of the Jesus community, to be part of the church, to belong to it, the picture, I think, is, is friends, people in relationship, um, doing life together. Uh, this way, and and when I say that, I want to I'd want to be clear about this. That when I say that that a picture pile of shoes by the door, pile of dishes in the kitchen is a picture of church for me. What I, what I don't want to do, church. I recognize that church is more than than uh, friends getting get together and talking about life. Church is more than that because sometimes people say, well, I've got you know I've got a couple friends and they love God too, and I see them now and again. That's my church. Well, no, I, I get that church is more than that, right? Church involves the sacraments, baptism, inviting people into the commu- this public declaration of being part of the community. It involves communion, rehearsing the act of God in, in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. It involves having, having uh, leaders who have responsibility and authority. It, and church involves uh, the teaching of Scripture. You know, these things are, 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 are the, you know, church involves all those things. But also, church is not less than people doing life together, walking after Jesus with one another. There's this fundamental relationality to the church, to the Jesus community, that I that for me is captured by shoes by the doorway, dishes in the kitchen. So I want to I want to talk about this today. Uh, we are. You know, oftentimes in these Sunday morning teachings, we'll we'll look at you know we'll look at a scripture, or maybe two or three. Today, I'd like to look at a few more than normal, uh, somewhere around fifty-eight or so scriptures. So, are you? Is that okay? Yeah. Some people are like, no, I'm not. I'm done. Um, no, this is what I want to do. So there's this word. There's one word, and I want I want to kind of look at this one specific word that occurs a lot of times. So the word is lelon. And uh, in Greek, a lelon means one another. That's the English equivalent. One another. And uh, the, the word a lelon, it occurs about a hundred times in the New Testament. And, um, and a lelon, the, uh, uh, maybe 40 some of the, I think 42 of the times, it's just kind of part of a narrative. It's just part of a story. So the disciple, it, it means one another. So it's like the disciples were, um, you know, playing tag with one another. Or this kind of thing. Um, that's not actually in the Bible. But it's this kind of just kind of one another. But 58 of the times, a lay loan is, is directly about, it's instructing or giving a picture of how people in the Jesus community are meant to live together. 58 of the times that a lay loan occurs, it's about how members, who people in the Jesus community are meant to live together, treat one another, walk together. And so this, this term, alelon, I mean, even in the very term, it implies, you know, multiple people in the community doing life together, one another. I mean, because Greek has other words. Greek has words for, you know, just people or other people or anyone as words for that. But one another implies two or more people who are in the community living life together. What does that look like? And so I want to talk about this this morning. This I want to I read through these scriptures of a lay loan and give us this picture of what is the New Testament, what, is, what are the writers of scripture saying about what the life in the Jesus community, life in the church looks like. So I'm going to read through, there's uh, these 58 references, and every one of them has this word a lay loan in it, and the goal isn't, don't get caught up in the details, 
The goal is to get this broad brushstroke picture. What is the, new, the picture the New Testament is painting of how the church, the Jesus community, lives life with one another? Okay? And if you, if you would like the actual scriptures later on, we have the list of scriptures at the info table out afterwards if you want to take that home and go in more detail. But right now, let's just get a big, broad brushstroke sense. The 58 Alelone references. Be at peace with one another. You also should wash one another's feet. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. This is my command, love one another. You and I may be encouraged by one another's faith. Each member belongs to one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and building up one another. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give the same attitude of mind toward one another that Christ Jesus had. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. You are full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. There should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Serve one another in love. Do not devour one another or watch out. You will be destroyed by one another. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Carry one another's burdens. In this way you fulfill the law. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. For we are all members with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In humility, consider one another better than yourselves. Do not lie to one another since you have taken off your old self. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for one another and to everyone else. You yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other. But always try to be kind to one another and to everyone else. We always ought to thank God for you because the love every one of you has for one another is increasing. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do not slander one another. Do not grumble against one another. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Love one another deeply from the heart. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Greet one another with a kiss of love. We have fellowship with one another. We should love one another. And this is his command to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. 
Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. We also ought to love one another. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. I ask that we love one another. A lay loan, one another. It occurs over and over and over again and by the, the writers of the New Testament talk over and over again. What does it look like? What does the church look like? What does the Jesus community look like? And there's all these statements about how people following Jesus should do life together. There's this inherent relationality about it. I want to ask the question, what, what does, can we go, yeah, here we go. What does the fact that all these are in the New Testament tell us? I mean, we could, all these different one another's, any one of them, we could drill down and look at that individual statement. How do we walk that out? How do we live that? But the overall picture, the 58 statements of a lay loan, what is the existence of all of them together? What does that say to us? I think there's a number of things that we could pull out just by the, the fact that these are all written down. One of them, one of the things I think it's saying is there's this fundamental relationality to the church. There's this, that, that, that the church may be more than just people, spiritual friends walking after Jesus together, but it's not less than that. Church is people gathered around Jesus. And sometimes I think, you know, when we talk about church, there's ways, there's other ways we can talk about it. And I fall into this. Sometimes we can talk about church as building or church as event or church as institution. But this, I think, is pointing to the fact that there's this that church is people in relationship around Jesus. I mean, you know, think about church as building. You know, I, I will say things like, you know, I'm gonna, I, I left something at the church. I have to go pick it up at the church. I'm going to swing by the church, right? My office is at the church. We'll say things like this. But isn't that, I mean, think about if somebody said that about, say, your family. You know, our family, we, we, uh, we got a new house. Uh, we, you know, we moved this past springtime. And so um, it'd be so weird if somebody was talking about a new house and they said, hey, Tim, I, I swung by and saw your new family. You know, I, I, uh, how's, how's your new family coming? Wait, wait, my, what? My, oh, I, yeah, you mean the house, the building that my family lives in and owns, that? Yeah, your new family. You know, but we'll, we'll you know, it's like the, the building isn't the church. We, the people gather around Jesus, we are the church. The church's people gather around Jesus. We own a building, we have a building to gather in, but that isn't what the church is. The church is people gathered around Jesus. Or we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about church as an uh, event, right? Uh, are you going to go to church on Sunday? A church ran long today. And it's this you know, similar thing. Like imagine if, if, if I said... Um, yeah, I went to, you know, I was talking to somebody and they were like, how was family last night? And I was like, yeah, I went to family last night. Family was good. Yeah, the singing was really good at family and it got out early. So, um, like, the, what? The, no, like families have, families have dinner together. Families have times they have game nights and dance parties and families get together. But a family isn't the hang time. Family is the people. Like the church People is people gather around Jesus. We have a corporate worship event. We gather in this communal event to worship, and in other ways too. But but the church isn't the event. The church is people gathered around Jesus. Or we'll talk about uh, churches as institution. 
right? The church, kind of the structures that, that help the community. And, and we'll say, you know, I'll, may, I'll bump into somebody and be like, yeah, what, what programs does your church do? What, you know, what event, you know, this kind of thing. What, what talk, talk about the, the leadership structure of your church or this kind of thing. But it'd be like, um, over the years, Christy and I, we've had different housemates live with us and kind of join with our family for a season. And it'd be, it'd be like if somebody was thinking about becoming a housemate and they said, so tell me about what uh, services your family offers. Uh, food services? Okay, you know what? No, a, a family isn't programs that provide. The, the family is people. The church is people gathered around Jesus. We have structures, right? We have leadership structures and budget. We have programs, but the goal, those, things, those things are for the benefit of the community. They aren't the church itself. The church is people gathered around Jesus, doing life together, walking after Jesus. The church has a building to gather in. The church has a corporate worship event. The church has structures. But there's this, I think the very fact that there's all these one another's points to this inherent, the church is people doing life, walking after Jesus together. It's inherently relational. I think that's one of the things these statements imply. It points towards. So one of the things, what, do, what is the fact that these are all in the New Testament? One of the things I think it points towards is the church's people together because of Jesus. The church's people. A second thing I think it points towards is that, uh, that, that this kind of life with one another, it's important, but it's difficult. Right? I mean, think about the, 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 the authors of these letters to the... To, to these Jesus communities, these local churches. Um, do you have to write this so many times if the communities are acing it? Right? I mean, if they're just like, oh, this is so natural, everybody's doing it, it's just easy. Do you have to write it all these times? No, you write it because it's difficult. It doesn't always come naturally. That even the earliest Jesus communities, they had to live into this, right? And one of the things I want to say about this is that... Um, the way we live into this, we live into this not these one another statements. They are not things we demand of one another. They're things we become for one another. Those that list of one another's, this vision that scripture gives us of what does it look like to walk after Jesus together, do life together in Jesus. These aren't things we demand people become for us. They're things we become for the sake of those around us. Right? It it goes, if we start demanding these things, it goes really sideways. Somebody better greet me with a holy kiss. I'm going to be, you know, or... Holy fist bump or side hug or, right? It's like somebody better, no, or somebody better serve me. Somebody better encourage me, right? That doesn't, it goes really, that goes sideways when we just start demanding it of those around us. But when you have a group of people asking themselves, how can I become this for those around me? Who around me needs a word of encouragement? Who around me needs to be lifted up and carried right now? Who do I need to say sorry to? Who do I need to come alongside and befriend in this season? Who do I need to spend, pay extra interest in? When we, when, when we are asking ourselves those questions, that creates, I believe, the kind of community that truly reflects the character of Jesus. 
Not, these aren't things that we demand of one another. They're things we become for one another. And that doesn't mean, this is a little rabbit trail, but I think it's important to say, it doesn't mean that it looks the same for every one of us, right? Because I wouldn't want you to go away today thinking, oh, Tim, you know, it's all about, you know, relationships, this and that. Everybody's supposed to be outgoing and extroverted and everybody's best friend. And I don't want you, that's not what this is saying. When I say that the church is uh, this, this relate, it's at its core relational, I don't mean that we're all extroverted and outgoing. It's going to look different for different people and different temperaments. For some of us, some of us, it'll come very naturally to be the person that's looking, you know, looking for the new person, the person on the fringes and welcoming them in, inviting them into the community. Some of us, that's how we're wired. Others of us, it'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll have a few people that we develop these deep relationships with over years and decades, and we, and we speak to each other's parts of each other's lives that no one else has access to. It's, it's not that it looks the same for every one of us. But every one of us is wired for these kind of relationships and to call to practice these kinds of one another's in ways that, that are, that, uh, you know, through the temperaments that Jesus has given us. So, uh, so if the first, you know, uh, the, the question is, what, what do these 58 statements tell us? One of the things it tells us is the church is inherently relational. People doing life together, following Jesus. And the other thing is this is important but hard. And we don't demand it of one another. We become it for one another in, way, in the ways that we are wired. So a couple, couple takeaways. Um, a couple things to just take with you to think about uh, this week. If, you, if you're a thinker, you're a reader, you want to kind of think more, you know, how do we do this life together in Jesus? What does life together in Jesus look like? Um, I would recommend a book by the title Life Together. Um, it's by a guy, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a classic on Christian community. Uh, uh, it's this, the copy I have is 120 pages. It's not this tome or anything, but a uh, very, good, very good book. Uh, if you want to look at it, I'll just leave it up here after service. You can glance at that. That's one kind of takeaway. Another kind of takeaway is uh, if, you, if you're not in a small group, I'd encourage you to check it out, to try one out. It's hard to practice the one another's in a big group setting on Sunday mornings, right? And, uh, but to be in a small group, to have people that, you're, that you're, know you, you know what's going on in your life, that's a place we can do it. And so in the entrance area, there's a table with all our different small groups on it. And Kathy, our small group's pastor, she'll be out there. She'll help you find one to get plugged into. And just, it, it, it'll probably take some time. These kind of relationships... They don't just happen overnight. We're not humans. Don't work that way. It takes time to live into these things. But I believe it's what Jesus calls us to. This is what He says His church is like. Uh, or start one if you're if you hey, if you're like I'd like to be in a small group and you and you and I know you and you're not. Well, let's start one together. You can talk to Kathy. She'll help you start one. Help you start a small group like that. So uh, the book small group. Um, Oh, and then thirdly, the, here's a question I would encourage us all to consider this week, to, to pray on, to think about. And it, I'd say it this way, who is Jesus inviting you to become for the sake of others? If these one another's, if they're not things that we first and foremost demand 
of others, if they're things we become for the sake of others, this week, in the season you're in, in the people Jesus has put in your life, the people you're walking after Jesus with, what is, what is he inviting you to become, to encourage them, to carry them, to serve them? What, what one of those one another's is he inviting you to live into in the season you're in? And if you want that list, once again, it's out at the info booth if you want to kind of read over and pray through that list this week. I want to, I want to, end, with this, uh, I want to end with this thought. Um, one of my concerns about, as I was talking about this, one of my concerns would be that I would leave the impression that the, the church, when we belong to the church, that the, the, the community of people gathered around Jesus, my concern would be to give the impression that we're, we're nice people committed to being nice to one another. That is not what I'm saying. So if I gave that impression, just cross that one out. The, the church, the Jesus community, is created by Jesus. It's sustained by Jesus. It exists for Jesus. He is the linchpin. He's the foundation. He's what holds it together. To be part of this people, to belong to this people, is to be in, to called by him. To be, part, to be part of the Jesus community is to be a person that has heard Jesus say, um, come follow me, and you've decided to follow him. He creates the community by inviting people into it. It's to, be a, to be in the Jesus community is to be a person who's encountered the graciousness, the grace and mercy of Jesus, to, to recognize that I don't have it in and of myself to be right with God. I have a shadow side that Jesus has to take care of for me. And to experience that kind of forgiveness, that kind of forgiveness and grace, that permeates the air of the church, the Jesus community. And to know that the, the Jesus community, we exist. We exist uh, to bring honor to Jesus, to love him, to invite others to know him. But I want to be clear that he's the center of it. This is not just kind of a human affinity group, kind of, we're, we're going to be nice. No, he's created it. It's for him. He is at the center. And that's good news. Because left to ourselves, we'd mess it up. He's so gracious. So, um, yeah, let me pray. Let me pray into this and, and um, pray into this question of who might he be inviting us individually to become for the sake of those around us. Would you join me? Jesus, we, uh, we are grateful. Uh, we're grateful that you've, you've called us uh, to be part of your community. And even, even for those who are here today who would say, um, they would say they're not Christians. Uh, we trust Jesus that you are, uh, they, we trust that you are the one who seeks and calls. And that uh, even now you continue to pursue and invite. Um, Jesus, thank you that you do this. You've, you've always been about this, Jesus. Even uh, when we read about when you walked here physically on earth, you brought together uh, tax collectors and blue-collar fishermen and, and, and revolutionary zealots and, and even Nicodemus, the, the religious elite, and you brought them all together around you, uh, Jesus. And throughout history, you've brought people of different um, 
nationalities and ethnic backgrounds, people, because they've heard your invitation, they've been forgiven and included in you, and we thank you for that. And, and uh, Jesus, would you help us know what it means to live into this vision of life together that you've given us? Just personally, for each one of us, just in the, in the practicalities of the next seven days, who are you inviting us to become for the one another's in our life? Speak to us. Encourage where you need to encourage. Rebuke when you need to rebuke. But show us the way. We want your kind of life. We pray this all in your good name. Amen.